Let's just pray as I speak about these words. Lord Jesus, please uh, assist me to proclaim the honors of your name. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> wasn't sure what to speak about today. I follow scripture reading notes. As some of you know, and you'll know that we're doing Luke and I was very struck by this parable of uh, the tax collector and the, uh, the Pharisee. A thing that, str that struck me uh, so much uh, was something else that I've read recently from a great big tome of a book. Uh, it's all uh, about studying the whole of the Bible. I'm just reaching for it now. Um, it's uh, Unlocking the Bible by David Pawson. Uh, I highly recommend this. Uh, it's taken me about two years to read half of it, <laughs> about a page a day at most. Um, and, and he says various, very helpful things. For example, um, uh, uh, he, he, he hears people giving testimonies. Uh, and um, he says, I listen to many prayers for all kinds of things, but it thrills me to hear people ask for mercy. Did you notice as I read the collect, I repeated the line, have mercy. And uh, David Pawson says, it thrills me to hear people ask for mercy, for they have understood a key law of the kingdom of God. We only ask for mercy if we think we are sinners. If we think we are fine, we ask for help, for strength, for guidance, all sorts of things. But we never ask for mercy. I wonder if that strikes you at all. It struck me so much that reading the portion thing, reading this parable, am I a bit more like the Pharisee than I like to think? As I come to worship, Jesus says, they went to the temple. Two men went up to the temple to pray. They went up with a certain attitude. And so I asked you that question at the beginning, what attitude do we adopt as we go up to worship? It's altogether possible that our attitude is more like the Pharisee than we'd like to admit. And I must admit, I've tried since reading and thinking this to adopt uh, more of the uh, tax collector attitude who goes up with humility. And I found it quite difficult. And maybe you do too. I find myself tempted to be critical, judgmental, thinking, oh, I know what should or shouldn't happen, how it should happen or what should be said. Instead of having that humility that Jesus talks of in the parable. So let's, let's just go a little bit more into the parable itself. Who's it spoken to? Well, it's very clear. Luke says it's to some who were confident of their own righteousness. 
Now, the problem with us as we become Christians is that we are aware that we uh, have been converted from being uh, sinners, and we can become aware of our own righteousness, uh, that we are quite comfortable uh, as we come to worship, because we sort of have confidence. And sometimes that is a good thing, because we come in to joyfully worship the Lord, as we've just done by singing over a thousand tongues. And it's, it's lovely to do that. But equally, we may come aware of our own righteousness in the wrong way. So Jesus says the Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. <laughs> he doesn't pray to God, although he does pray to God. And he says, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. His prayer is almost to himself or of himself. I'm not a robber, an evildoer, an adulterer, or I'm not even like this tax collector. Uh, and then he goes on to talk about uh, what he does. He fasts twice a week. Now, Jewish people were required to fast once a year on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. Well, he's, he's not just a, a low-grade Jew. He's a high-grade Jew. He's fasting twice a week, much more than is expected. Uh, and he's part of that group that would fast on a Monday and a Thursday. So he's, he's up with the, the good guys. And he doesn't just give a, a tenth of his income. He gives a tenth of all he gets. Um, in other words, even the little herbs, uh, the mint and other things, he would tithe all of that. He was very, very rigorous, says Jesus, in following the principles of tithing. But of course, he's also very proud. The heart of this parable is a proud person, pride in his own religious performance. And then Jesus contrasts him with the tax collector. Now notice how he approaches worship. Whereas the Pharisee stood uh, right probably up front, it doesn't necessarily say he stood at the front, it just says the Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself but it almost implies he was at the front because the, the tax, tax collector stood at a distance. So he's further back. He's not even looking up. His head is down. He doesn't dare even look up to heaven. And he does stand because that was the way that they pr prayed in, in the time. He stood, but he doesn't even look up to heaven. And what is he doing? He's beating his breast. He's saying, I am not worthy. I, am, I'm, I come with no pride at all. And as he beats his breast, he says the words, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Now, I've done a little bit of study this morning about this phrase, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And I started off by looking at the Jesus prayer. Some of you may know of the Jesus prayer, which is a way of approaching prayer and uh, church and, and worship, where you just simply say the words, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. 
there's a YouTube clip that you can can look at, and it takes you a 15 minute devotion in preparing for the way you come before the Lord. You may or may not find that helpful. I've only just used it this morning myself for the first time. Um, but uh, Rowan Williams, when interviewed, said that's how he approaches his devotions or going to church to worship. So I'm following the idea of how these two men approached worship, but also when they got to worship, they approached it very differently. And so now let's just look more at this tax collector. What does Jesus say he actually says? He says, God, and the English translation is, have mercy on me, a sinner. But the Greek is actually, God, propitiate me, the sinner. Now, that word propitiate, we don't use much today. But you propitiate an angry God. An angry God needs propitiation because an angry God judges sin. An angry God punishes sin. Why is God angry? Because God is holy. So the tax collector is aware of the holiness of God. He's aware of that God is not saying, oh, you lovely man, I love you. I accept you. I affirm you. The tax collector is saying, God, you are a holy God who judges sin, who condemns sin, and I come to you for you to propitiate, to take away your anger. So it's much stronger than just have mercy. It's take away all the anger towards me. But, and then it's not just to me, I sinner. The Greek is definite article, the sinner. And I've looked at different English translations that I've got, and none of them bring out this Greek meaning. And I was fascinated to discover this that just this morning in preparing for today. So it's God propitiate me, the sinner. And then we look across at what St. Paul says in uh, 1 Timothy 1.15. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. And it's not, uh, it's a similar idea, the worst, the sinner. And Paul says actually the same word sinner as the tax collector says here, of whom I'm the worst. When Paul says that, one of the things that strikes me is that this is Paul writing to Timothy, St. Paul, the great evangelist. And he doesn't say, I was the worst sinner. I used to be the worst sinner. I've got over being a bad sinner. I'm now St. Paul. He doesn't say that. I wish he would. But he says, I am. And again, I've looked up the Greek and it's, Definite present tense. I am. Ego I me. Except he says I me ego, but it's the same thing. So as Paul perceives himself, he is a sinner. As the tax collector sees himself, he is a sinner. But then correct yourself, Steve. They both see themselves as the sinner, the worst sinner. Now, that seems to me to fly in the face of a lot of my thinking 
and a lot of the thinking I experienced around in the Christian church. Am I now going in the area of being unbiblical and saying, oh, this parable, you're overstating it. This is just one parable, Steve. I'll leave that for you to grapple with. Is there something to teach us all here that Jesus wants us to get? I suggest that we all need to be, and myself most of all, because I'm theologically trained and I'm ordained and I'm the Pharisee in our midst, potentially. What is it that Jesus wants us to get is this whole idea that we come before a holy God whenever we come in devotion, when we come in congregational worship, when we come before the Lord, we come in before a God who does need propitiation, who is angry at sin, who's angry at your sin and my sin. And it's only as we become aware of that that we fully cry to Jesus, your blood availed for me, your blood availed for me. I don't need the blood of Christ if I'm okay. The tax collector needs the blood of Christ the Pharisee doesn't need the blood of Christ. He's okay. His own good works make him okay. Now, in conclusion, how do I get to the position of being the tax collector in the parable? Because a good way of looking at parables is to put yourself in the position of both people. In the parable of the lost son, put yourself in the position of the older brother, put yourself in the position of the younger brother, put yourself in the position of the father. But within this parable, how do I get to be in the position which Jesus says is the right one, which is that of the, the tax collector, the, the people who were, were ripping off people, were fraudulent and, and were known to be sinners? How do I get to be in that position? And the answer is, I admit that I'm a Pharisee. It's as I become aware the temptation to self-righteousness as I become aware of the temptation to see myself as good in my own eyes. It's at that point that I become aware of my pride, my self-righteousness. And at that point, I got to cry, Lord, I may not have committed fraud. I may not have robbed or been adulterous or all these other things. But the worst of all sins says St. Louis, and he's absolutely right, as this parable shows, the grace of sins is pride. And as I come with pride, I cannot approach God. It's only as I come with humility. And so Jesus says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Well, I share those thoughts with you um, and, and hope that in some way um, this helps all of us. Um, in our house, we've had a bit of ill health over the last little while, and we've been tempted to be with Paulson in, in praying for guidance, for help, for all sorts of things. But then I come back to what he said. I listen to many prayers of all kinds, but it thrills me to hear people ask for mercy 
for they have understood a key law of the kingdom. We only ask for mercy if we think we are sinners. If we think we're fine, we ask for help, strength, guidance, all sorts of things, but we never ask for mercy. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we dare to identify with the tax collector and with Paul and ask you to have mercy, turn away your anger towards us who are sinners, but not just sinners, but we who are the chief of sinners, the worst of sinners. As we look at our pride, Lord, we ask you to teach us humility. Because of ourselves, we cannot be humble. So help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.